Welcome to the Ambitious Mom Podcast, the podcast for the woman who is building a business empire and a family legacy. Having it all and living the life of your dreams now. No delay and no sacrifice required. We'll talk life, online business, spirituality, and everything in between. Here's your host, Katie Fleming. Let's do this thing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Ambitious Mom Podcast. I'm excited for this week's episode because recently I've had the opportunity to be on with Kajabi talking to their heroes, which I love Kajabi. The platform Kajabi is what I have used for my entire business to host payment links, landing pages, website, email, assessments, forms, like literally everything I'd use to run the back end of my business is through Kajabi. And I am, I just, I love the company. I love the product and I love Megan who got to interview me on this episode. And so what we've done is we've actually brought the episode here to the ambitious mom podcast as well so that you can hear it. You're going to hear how I am teaching and coaching in a more general format. You're going to hear some of my general advice. Now, remember that it's like when we actually are able to get into specifics for your business, that's when we can actually take this information and turn it into implementation. You're going to hear me talk a lot about like content, how much should be free, how much should be paid, how do you decide, all of that stuff. So anyway, I just really love this episode because we talk about so many different things from self-awareness to discernment, to strategy, to content, like all the things. It is such a good episode, but I want to encourage you if you're listening to this and you're like wanting some specific strategy help, wanting some specific support on what it looks like to implement this in your business, get into my DMS and message me about the upcoming offers and things that we have going on so that you can find exactly where to plug in and start to get that specific intuitive support and strategy for you and your business. Okay. Let's just get to this episode because there's nothing more to say. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Let's go. All right, everyone. Welcome to the zero to hero interview with Katie Fleming. She is someone who I love deeply. She tells it how it is. And she shares things that many people don't share. So I'm excited for you to get her insight here today. Katie is a business coach, but my favorite thing that Katie does is she talks about living an and lifestyle. So it's not just having a business or a family, it's having a business and creating a legacy for your family. So everyone say hi to Katie. Katie, do you just want to tell us a little bit about you? And then we will dive into some questions. Um, Let the people know who are you? What do you do? And what's your who just what about you? I love it. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Everybody get excited for a good time. Megan and I together are hilarious. We're hilarious. So enjoy this time. And I want to encourage you to pop in the chat box, be as chatty as you can, questions, ahas, anything that comes up. I love to hear it. And we, it really is like a co-creatorship with you and I here in the chat. So pop those things in there and we will make this the best interview you have ever spent an hour listening to. I am sure of it. So I'm Katie Fleming. I live in the Dallas Fort Worth area with my husband and my two daughters. I started my business when my youngest, my oldest rather, was a baby. And so now she's nine. So she's like my mile marker of how long I've been in the online space and coaching and all of that good stuff. But I started out going, how can I build a business 
and a life at the same time? How can I make money from home, use my skills, pursue my calling both in and out of my home? I knew that I wanted to use my expertise in a way to grow the world, shape the world, help others and make money. But I also knew that I didn't want to be absent for those moments of life that mattered, those little things. And now that my kids are older and there's activities and there's school and there's, I'm like a taxi service all the time. Like these things are the, a part of my life. Um, it's now even more imperative that I be building this business legacy and the family legacy at the same time. And that's what I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today, because I've been able to help my clients build incredibly lucrative businesses while also living an incredibly present and profitable life. Ooh, present and profitable. Aren't those two things that like we can just all strive for? Before we go ahead and dive into any questions, I want to just have a little mindset session really quickly. You said something that just blows my mind continuously every time I hear it. You say, I'm not certain it will work, but I'm certain I will work. And because I'm certain I will work, I'm certain it will work. Can you kind of walk us through that mindset of, listen, I don't know everything, but I know me. How can someone continue to instill that belief in themselves? And can you just kind of break this down a little bit? Yeah. So this is the, th this is the belief that like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing at some point it will work. It will take over because I'm committed every day in devotion to my calling and devotion to my work and devotion to my mission and devotion to my clients. You're committed to showing up every day. You're going to eventually see the fruits of that labor. The harvest will come and it might be today. It might be tomorrow, but we can be certain it will be here when we um, have that full trust in who we are and what we're here to do. So that's really the, the gist of that mind bending riddle. <laughs> yes. No, but I love it because a lot of the times, a lot of heroes I see, they're all very nervous that they're not doing exactly what they need to do exactly at the right time. And it's like, Hey, you don't need to know everything. You just need to trust yourself. So can we, can we just dive a little bit into talking about glamorizing different seasons? Because you no, know, everyone on this call is in a different season of their life and in their business. And can you just break down how can entrepreneurs stop dreaming about the future and start living in appreciation for right now? Yeah. Yeah. So you join Kajabi and you're like, all of a sudden you have the mile marker of making a thousand dollars in Kajabi, right? Or you put that on this huge pedestal and then it becomes 10,000. And then you're trying to hit the next one and then the next one and then 500,000 lifetime and then a million. And you want all these milestones, right? And the issue happens when we put ourselves way too far in the future and we judge our now based on the future. So what we actually want to do is bring you back to the now, realize that you'll never be in pursuit of your next milestone again. So this is where it's at. And I want you to start to really like one of the, okay, so this is fun. You can do a really quick, dramatic. I want you to make this the most dramatic thing you've ever done. And I want you to stare at something that you maybe don't ever notice in your office or wherever you are. Maybe it's a keyboard. Maybe it's your window. Maybe it's a lamp, but I want you to be the most dramatic and just like notice it. Just stare at it. Like what this does, and this sounds silly, but what this does is it jolts you into the present. It jolts you into the now. It gets you out of this future thing that you are. And it's interesting because like sometimes we do want to go into the future and draw back the energy from that future. But whenever it causes a strain on your ability to be present in the now, that's where it causes issues because the shifts you make, the words you speak to the people in front of you, the, the growth and transformation, it happens right now. 
So if you're not here, you're missing out on all the magic and appreciation and noticing are some of the two biggest things you can do to hack yourself back into the now. I love that. So you said something about hitting the milestones. And when you first started your business, you branded yourself as the 1K mom, right? Yes. And now you, you charge lots of money. So my question to you is kind of how did you start to build up the confidence and belief in yourself that you are worth charging X amount? Because I know if people have never charged for themselves before, myself included, it's a little weird. Okay. You're like, oh my gosh, what is happening? So can you kind of break that down? How your mindset had to shift from going from, Hey, I'm here to help people make this to here I am now living in my truth and helping people in ways that I never imagined. So my reason for starting 1K Mom was because that was the only thing I could believe that I could make. I was a Kajabi 1K hero, literally, um, back then in the day. And that was all I could believe I could help people do. And so what ended up shifting it for me was when I started to notice that my clients were getting way more value. I had a client who... She invested $2,400 to work with me for three months. And in those 24, in those three months, she was able to bring in $10,000 in monthly recurring revenue. And the thing about coaching is that the ROI is not just for today. The ROI is lifetime. So the shifts that I help my clients make, the ways that I shift their brains, the, the ways that we install new thoughts and beliefs and patterns and strategies, those things are not just for today. Those things are for your life. The things like I still hear from clients to this day who will message me years later and go, I still feel like I hear you in my head because you've taught me how to think. You've taught me how to shift this perspective. You've taught me how to question in a different way. And these are skills and things that never go away. And so when I got that image, when I started to understand that the, the impact we're doing is not just for today, it's for life. That's when I started to realize that this game was so much bigger than just making a thousand dollars. And so the biggest thing I want to say to those of you that are like, oh, pricing, it feels like it's so connected to me and what I'm worth. Well, you're worthless, babe. So, you know, um, but what you can do is always think about the value of the solution you provide. If you want to make higher paydays, you need to solve higher problems. That's period. So if you want to make a bigger paycheck, solve bigger problems. And when you solve bigger problems, that's exactly what I did. I started, you know, granted my methodology was the same. I just changed the way in which I messaged it to where it became helping moms make six figures. And then it was multiple six figures. And now I've got clients who are arranged from anywhere from starting to all the way up to seven. And that's the beauty of this work is that it's limitless. It's absolutely limitless. Okay. You are really like a road paver. And I say that because I had the privilege of being in one of your containers as you call them. And I'm here to tell you, I was in this thing and I was like, what are we in? What is happening? I've never been in anything like this. Oh my gosh. And I know that it was so authentically you. And I want to know what, what is it like being the first person to kind of pave a road? Because I, I obviously met you through someone else and it's your, you have such an impact on so many people and it's impacting how so many people on Kajabi actually do business. And so that ripple effect is real and it's still happening. So can you talk about going first and paving the way of doing things, you know, are right and not doing things the way that everyone says you should do them. 
because I think you do that so well in a way that is so authentically you, because who you are right now is who you are in your DMS is who you are in your coaching is who you are everywhere. So I would love to hear that. Yeah, it's so true. Um, so you had the privilege of being in Voxer mini mind, which is five days of unlimited one-to-one coaching inside of a group Voxer. One of the things that I love about it that you really showed me with your language after you went through it was that it is actually one-on-one coaching. It's just in a group boxer. You get that one-on-one attention. And so the I'll go into like specifically some thoughts around containers, but like the first thing, anytime you're an innovator, you have to be okay with being knocked off and copied. There's a lot of people who who see the way I do things. Oh, that's so good. I'm so sorry. You need to say that again. Anytime you are an innovator and you are going first and you are putting things out there, you have to be okay with being copied. Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Fendi, the one I can't say, Balalalaciaga or something. Balenciaga. Thank you. There you go. They go first. And you know who knocks them off is all the knockoffs, but also um, Zara and some of those other brands that really just capitalize off of the trends of the actual innovating fashion brands in the industry. That's the way I see myself, right? I am the luxury item that is coming up with these new concepts and these new ideas. And the way that I do that is by really being in tune with exactly how a container wants to come into the world. And I kind of personify my containers. Container is the word that I use to describe Um, the space in which me and my clients come into. So that could be a course. It could be a membership. It could be a coaching program that takes course over three months. It could be a five-day Voxer container, like we were just mentioning. It could be a private coaching container. It could be any of those things. The container is the the entity that starts to take shape to hold me and my clients, whether there's one or there's many. And each container has a life of its own. It has its own essence that wants to come through. And I get really curious about how a program wants to walk, how it wants to come through. Like there was this one program called Fullness, which specifically was made itself known to me and the way I hear, I hear through like my intuition and stuff like that. But it was like, this program needs to be an audio program. And I was like, that is crazy. Nobody else in the industry does that. But that's what it said. And so I did an audio only program. This was, I think before Kajabi had the podcast feature that really makes it so easy for us to utilize. But it was clear as day meant to be an audio program. And for my audience as moms, ambitious moms at that, women who are building businesses and family legacies, it was important for them to have the ability to easily listen on audio. And had I not listened to that intuitive nudge, I would have not had the the listenership that actually completed my course. I wouldn't have had the client results that happened because they completed my course. I wouldn't have had as many subscribers and people joining the program. Like all of those things go into it when we actually look at our business, not from a lens of like, what is the industry, the online industry say I have to do, but actually what am I meant to do in this moment? And it takes a lot of um, self-mastery to know what that is. And also just straight up, what's the word? Like you just gotta have, you gotta go for it and do something and potentially fail because nobody else has done it before you. And you've also gotta be okay with somebody knocking you off as well. And it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that part, that is part about being an innovator that I feel like no one talks about is, and if you do create something great, then you have to expect that other people are going to want to do it. And I know for me, when I saw you post about 
the Voxer mini mine, I was like, I literally love this idea five days. Um, and I did it, but I did it for seven. And let me tell you, I would never do it for seven again. Um, it was too long. It was too long. I was like, I need five. Um, so I will say it's so exciting to hear you say this. Um, Molly, um, Lizzie said, this is very true. It takes much. Molly said, I'm launching tomorrow and I still can't decide on my price. Help. I'm an artist and my avatar is retired 55 and up. And I can't help to think I don't want to charge too much or I, I will lose sales. Who Molly, I don't know what you do, but I do know a lot of rich 55 year olds. So I think it's more of just a paradigm shift of knowing and trusting that there are people willing and able to invest in the work that you have to give to this world. That's right. They don't have that allowance money. They've got that real money. You know, they can, they can pay. Um, yes. Um, do you participate in the Kajabi partner program? Yes. Okay. So we have a question here that says, how much time do you spend promoting the Kajabi partner program or does it just build naturally? So mine builds naturally. I don't, I should work on that. I don't have like an active thing, but here's what I can tell you from what I've consulted my clients on. If you're wanting to build your Kajabi partner program and you're looking at that 50 and you're saying, you know what, this is where I want to go. I want you to start to think of why somebody would join your partner link over somebody else's. What value can you give to your audience that would be like, oh my gosh, I got to sign up and get her thing so that I make sure I get Kajabi through her and blah, 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 blah. That is going to be the thing that starts to differentiate you. And you can start to think about some things down the line that can really just expand you into getting more partners. Yeah, I agree. It's just becoming versatile in what you offer because everyone's offering the same link. So what can you do that really provides your Kajabi expertise? So speaking of content, I might step on some toes here. So I hope no one wore their good shoes because this one's about to come in hot. So you said something and I literally almost fell out my chair and it's in relation to making con um, content and people commenting on their engagement being so low. And you said, is your engagement low or are you not posting enough? And are your sales low or are you just not selling? And I feel like entrepreneurs oftentimes go from doing nothing to doing something. And they feel like that something should always be enough because it's more than what they were doing before. So can you kind of talk about creating content in a way that is congruent with your life and your business and really just how do you gauge if you're posting enough, if you're selling enough? And I know you're so passionate about this and, um, I, you can help every single one of us here learn on this topic. So take us to school, Katie. Well, there's two parts to that. So we'll get to the life is content. That'll be part two. But first of all, is it's a lot easier to blame the algorithm than it is to actually look at ourselves and our actions. So that's the first thing is, are you being real with yourself? Are you actually looking at what's really going on? Like there's, there's times in my business where I look at something and I'm like, oh, that's because of this. Like something shifted my story views, my this, my that, whatever. But like, actually, when I look at it, I just am not posting as much. Maybe it's because I was needy in client work. Maybe it's because we had an influx of clients and there's just some like, like marketing kind of went down, which is typically a pattern for a lot of entrepreneurs. You sign a bunch of clients, you get into fulfillment mode, you dip down on sales, you don't have a strategy there, blah, blah, blah. So now you're in this feast or famine kind of cycle. Or maybe it's like, 
you used to post every day and you used to sell every day and then you haven't been, you've just been posting beautifully inspirational, valuable content, but you've not actually been putting yourself out there and asking for the sale. We get to look at that. So if you can actually, I'd love to just think about this, like putting on your data hat, just put on your data hat, be a scientist for a second, get curious, just take stock of what's actually happening so that you can make these clear decisions of like, oh, okay, so maybe I haven't actually told anybody how to work with me in the last two days. So I'm just going to do that. Okay. We don't need to make it because what actually happens is we become so addicted as entrepreneurs to solving problems that when there's not problems, we kind of go create them instead of just going out there and taking action. Ooh, and you should try to, you should never convince someone they have a problem. They need to know. Okay. You will just spend a lot of money trying to convince people they have problems that they don't even know they have. So when people, when entrepreneurs go out and try to create problems, like what does that often manifest as? What does that often look like? Is it creative avoidance? Like what is it? Yeah. I mean, it just, this is where it gets really nuanced in my coaching, like the subtle energetics of this. But I mean, one way to think about it is like, if you're uncomfortable when life is comfortable, you're going to go make life chaotic so that you're comfortable. So just take notice if you do that. I, I do that. And then I like to make little things, big things and big things, little things. So that looks like taking, making little problems, really big problems. And when the moment, the moment you notice you do this, you can, I mean, awareness is really all it takes to kind of unkink that hose and move on. Um, so, yeah. And the second part, um, was about creating content and so funny, um, I was actually with you when you came up with the, the, the content of live your life and slap a CTA on it. And I really think that a lot of this comes down to the content you create, the person you are. And I know that the internet demands so much of you if you allow it. Um, and so can you talk about creating content in a way that is aligned with you and your life and just who you are as a human? Yeah, when we've connected your business, like the first thing we have to do is connect your life and your business. And that's why I'm such a big believer in having my family and my business right alongside of me because it, it's all one. It's all connected. It's all me. And so, yes, like I do have niches for my offers. Like there's some, some offers of mine that are more sales focused, more content focused, more maybe energetic mastery focused. But I, as the human, am unnicheable. And so all of the different parts of me get to play in my social media. It all matters. So when your life and your business are connected, literally everything you do is content. You just have to get good at a few different things. The first thing is we have to install the observer. Okay. So this means the part, a part of you that is watching you. Okay. So the observer, we have to have that first. So it's the part of you that's like, witnessing you do things. It's the part of you that goes, oh, I'm sitting here journaling. Maybe I should take a video of me journaling, or maybe I should story this, or maybe I should just capture a picture and later can post it. That's my favorite way to do this, to be able to stay present in the moment is just capture it and post it at a different time. It's separate, right? And the second thing we have to do is we have to be able to extract the intelligence of what it is we're going through. So let's just say maybe it's the weekend, you're not super heavy business mode, but you are in life mode. And maybe you are on a road trip with your family and you notice how like the road trip is half the fun. It's not just about the destination to Florida or whatever, to the beach. And you start to realize like, that's what like, that's what business is like. Oh my gosh. Like we should, we should be enjoying the moment from here to the gas station. We should be enjoying the pressure of like knowing you got to pee and you, there's no gas station in sight. Like that fear, 
like that's actually kind of exhilarating, right? It's these lessons, these things that happen in the, the gap between here and there. And so what you do is you extract the intelligence out of that. And then the third step is we want to connect it to one of your offers. So how can we connect it to one of your offers? This is absolutely a art and you'll get better at this as you're in my presence or you're in any of my clients' presence because we just kind of do it really naturally at this point. But if that was me, here's what I would sell. Hold on, like on the spot. So I would connect this to my random road trip example about how sometimes we want to wish away the problems instead of just enjoying the stretch that the problems create for us. That's exactly what I help you do inside of my year-long private coaching where you're going to get comfortable in the pressure of life and actually expand even deeper into all that you were created to be or something, something, something. <laughs> like, I'm just totally making that up. That's a little fluffy for me, honestly. But um, that's where we, th those three steps, install the observer, extract the intelligence. And third, it's connected to your offer and sell your thing. Yeah. One thing I think you do so well is you allow people to feel seen. And I think that that is 1-800 a skill um, beyond because even just now, Tanya said, um, the example is she said that helps a lot because I have several things that come to me at different times and I'm not sure if it needs to be shared right this second, but I want to capture it in my journal to perhaps share later. I love that you said you are a person, not just a specific niche that is so eye opening. So I just love that in every um, in everything you do, you just allow people to feel seen. Was that something that came naturally to you or is that something that you've had to work on? You know, I, th I think it's natural. I think it's just an effect of kind of who I am. Um, it's always been the way I operate in rooms. When I walk in a room, I immediately am gravitated towards the one who, um, who doesn't see herself. I've done it as a kid. I can remember the kid on the playground. Her name was Angie. She was different. And I was gravitated towards being her friend. And then not only that, but showing her how really freaking cool she was. So yeah, it's kind of just who I am. I love that. Okay. So I just want to talk about one thing and then we will answer some questions here. So if you have any questions for Katie about building a, a business, go ahead and drop them in the Q and a section. Um, can you talk about cleaning out the underlying issues of your business instead of just starting over completely? And this comes to you from the example of your Instagram account. Um, you had a, a high number Instagram account and you decided to start over. And I think that before people take the leap and just say, actually, I don't even want to do this business anymore. I'm just going to go and just start a new one. Can you talk what that looks like cleaning out the gunk and deciding and deliberating if it's something they should do or if they should keep going with what they currently have? Yeah. Yeah. So this is a matter of, of ditching all or nothing mentality and switching to a dial. So that's like a continuum. So life is not binary. It's not all in all out. Life is more of a continuum. And can you just move the dial a little bit here and there every single day? So like, if you've got a funnel, that's like kind of working, can you make one tiny tweak? If you've got a offer that's working, but but it could be better. Can you make one tiny tweak? Maybe it's not working. Can we just not discard the whole thing? Maybe can we just put a new name on it? Like, can we try some little things before we completely toss out the baby with the bathwater and start fresh? Because a lot of us, in especially in the beginning of your Kajabi journey, you are trying to find what works. And I think I'm speaking to Lizzie here. Okay. Or somebody who was asking about early Kajabi stuff. Baby steps. Um, yes. 
Yes. Is we want to make these tiny tweaks and we get really, uh, especially if you're an entrepreneur like me, you really enjoy the high of creation and then you enjoy the high of selling or ending something. So that's like businesses selling their business off that those two sides are really fun for me. The middle is like, I get bored. I don't, I'm, I'm like, let's, what's next? What new thing can I go create? And so once you know yourself, you can start to put things and systems in place around you to make sure you don't toss out the art, right? So that's another thing that I've, a pattern I've noticed for myself is in artists do this, right? So they paint this beautiful thing, but the moment they get close to it being done, they want to ruin it. They want to toss it out. I went and um, painted pottery with my kids and my youngest, she's six. She painted this beautiful rainbow thing. And then it gets to the point where, you know, she should be done and she starts overpainting it and overdoing it. And all of a sudden the black went on top of everything and it's like, oh, and it's all gone. So you, if you are this kind of person who really does well with the creation, but then the moment it starts to get to completion, you're like almost sabotaging it. You want to make sure you have somebody around you to grab the art and take it away and have a system to actually start displaying it, putting it out there. So there's two very different roles. And I would, um, encourage you to read rocket fuel or traction, but rocket fuel is the one I'm referencing here. There's two different roles, the visionary and the integrator. And most likely you're a combination of both, but you have a more dominant one. And so when you know which one you are, you can know the role you need to play. But for me, I've got to have an integrator or somebody who kind of comes in and goes, Katie, that's brilliant. It's perfect. It's done. It's ready. You don't need to fix anything else. Let's get this out into the world. And that's actually where our art and our work can actually transform lives. It's not in the back of my studio with the canvas against the wall, which is where I'd rather keep it because it's a lot safer there. I'm talking about business art here, not actual art, but we've got to get it out into the world. I love that. Um, that is me. Shirley needs someone that comes to take me. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you that is real. Um, so Lizzie's question is Katie, um, like how much can one capital can start? How much capital can one start with and how soon can the turnover be as a beginner? So I'm not sure what your business is, but if we're looking at just the tools here with what you get with Kajabi, I would say all you need is a social media account, which is free, a phone, um, which I'm sure you have, and a Kajabi account, which is a couple hundred bucks. And then now it's like, how can I, what is the highest value I can provide to somebody and charge an amount that connects with that value? What is the highest value solution you can provide today? And then just go out and start creating conversations and relationships with people who need that. I love that. Um, so um, I don't know. Jurgen asked this question. What are you using to make your videos your phone? And before you answer this, I want to say I was watching one of your trainings once and you, your daughter came into the room and you said, hold on, I'm giving a live training. And you turned around and you answered your daughter. And to me, that blew my brain off that you didn't edit that out and you didn't take it out and you left it there. And I understand your audience is not me, but it's moms. And I think that that just allowed them to see that it's okay to still have your real life. So before you answered that, can you just kind of speak to why you kept that in there and kind of what your thought process was? Maybe there wasn't one and I'm just overanalyzing, but um, just speak to that when interruptions do happen. Um, how do you kind of go about those? Yeah, I don't even think I thought twice about it, to be honest with you, um, because it is just like, like my life is my business and my business is my life. My kids, 
my oldest now at this point is creating her own content now because she's witnessed me do it for my, her entire life. So she's now setting up the phone, the tripod and capturing time-lapse videos of her building these domino structures. And this is the beautiful thing that, that happens when we allow our kids to witness us in our work, when we bring them in on it. And I think that's, if we're talking about the both and today, that's where things get really exciting. When they were babies, they weren't necessarily excited about the fact that mom had a coaching call today, but now they get to understand the work that I do, who I'm helping, who I'm impacting, why I do what I do. Um, and that's where it gets to get fun. And that's also where we get to start dreaming as our kids with our kids. So we can help them start to like, she wants to create a YouTube channel. I can't think about creating content for anybody else right now, but I can help her learn some skills. And those are some of the things that we're starting to go through with her um, to get her to the place where like, maybe she does have her own YouTube channel and she's in charge of content curation and all that. So remind me of the question. Oh yes. Okay. Why didn't I delete it? Um, I didn't think about it to be honest, but now that I think about it in hindsight, done is better than perfect. I probably created a, a course or program that I figured at some point in the future would get an upgrade with all the upgrades and codes and ideas and thoughts that I have now and who I am now. Cause that's the thing. Our content is always evolving because we're always evolving. Um, the second thing is it's really good. I model a lot of the growth that my clients get is modeled through the way that I show up. And so the fact that I didn't find the need to edit that out is part of what the transformation my clients get. They all of a sudden now have permission to go show up even more fully in who they are. They stop cringing or be afraid every time like the baby cries or like they immediately go on mute to make sure nobody hears anything or they apologize profusely the moment a kid walks in the door. No, this is life. And the cool thing about my business and my community is we've been doing this long before COVID made it a thing, right? So 2020 made us all realize we all were in Zoom rooms back in our offices in the back of our house, hoping that the noise of our children and everything else didn't come through. But now like this is, this is the way it is. And we've been doing this since conception of my business. And so um, I think the biggest reason I do it is for permission that you don't have to have the HD camera set up with your beautiful purple up lighting and black background. Like, no, this, you can have it look how it's meant to look for you. And it, that's when it will work in the highest level possible. So what do you use to film your videos? Right now we're on my, my Mac webcam. Same, same, same. But usually it's my phone. Yep. My iPhone. Um, perfect. And then do you use a separate mic when you create videos or do you just use your phone mic? Um, if I'm on like Instagram live, it's my phone mic. But if like right now, this is on a it's like a shore or something like that. Oh, yes. Like Telling you the SMB7 is it. Okay. Hey, Ambitious Mom. Today's episode is brought to you by Everyday Payday. This is my simple daily methodology to help you go from a trickle of sales here and there to your PayPal and Stripe popping off every single day. Imagine waking up to payment notifications that come in overnight or stacking recurring revenue month over month over month. Oh my gosh. Talk about sexy sustainability. Oh, and celebrating new paying clients coming into your world every day. Heck yes. Inside this program, you'll receive the simple methodology on the strategy and energetics of making every day a payday. I'm also throwing in a list of over a hundred sales activities to plug and play in your business right now. The best part doing this methodology literally takes less time than it will take you to fold that laundry you've had in the dryer for days. Yeah. 
So I cannot wait to see you inside and celebrate every day being your payday in your business. Let's do this thing. So our next question here is, and also too, we had a few people asking about the shortest past path to get trained on Kajabi. And I created a getting started checklist for you. Yesenia went ahead and dropped that in the chat. So if you are looking for that and just steps to get started, those are the steps I feel are the most needed and they're all hyperlinked with helpful links. So Tanya said, how did you decide which content you should be paid and which content should be paid and under your subscription and which content should be free to draw more people to you? That's a this great a question. question. This is really juicy because I don't know if anybody else in the industry will agree with me on this, but I think you should give it all away because at this point we don't have an information problem. Like people can go get the information from YouTube. There's other p- gurus and people that are giving away probably what you're giving away, maybe better, maybe not. I don't know. But the, the actual reason people are going to pay you and work with you is for your ability to help them actually implement. Implementation is the issue, not information. So if you now look at this, like, what if I did give it away? Then why would somebody join my program? Well, they would join it because you're going to actually help them implement. They already have the information and yet they still haven't been taking action. Why? And then we get curious about why, and that's the problem we solve. And then that's the reason they hire you. And then that's the reason they actually finally forever and free, they get the transformation, right? It's not information. That's actually the thing that people need. It's the implementation, the support and the work that you provide. Wow. That is like a whole thing. We all need to just take a second and write down. Implementation is not the issue. Oh, implementation is the issue. It's not information. I wrote it down right the first time. Um, But it's just so amazing. Tanya said, I have to go in a second to jump on my welcome call, but I will definitely jump back as soon as I'm done with that. I'm so appreciating the help and insight today. Implementation, not the information. Wow, this is so freeing. Thank you. Cool. Give it all away. I like that. No one else can be you, you know? And I think that you do that in such a beautiful way. So how much time and energy do we sit here thinking about like, should this be free? Should this be paid? Just give it, give away your best stuff because what actually is, is the thing you're going to help them with is, is what it actually looks like for them to apply it to them. Now I will say this, make sure you do sell something too. Yes, please. (laughs) And you're not just, you know, giving out information forever for free. It's a both hand. Always, right. Right. It is the end. Okay. So before we answer any more questions, can you talk about what created this and lifestyle inside of you and kind of how you decided, yes, I want to have the business and create a family legacy. Can you just kind of take us through that journey to show that it's possible, but also to show us your, your pathway. So we can kind of get a good understanding about how they can apply it to them. I've been like this my whole life. I was the nine-year-old journaling in my little journal that I wanted to meet my husband young and, and have kids young. So it was always like that. And then I did meet my husband young. I saw him in high school and I immediately told my best friend, I was like, I'm going to marry that guy. She's like, okay, you're crazy. But I did, I didn't marry him. I married him young, right out of college. We were 20 years old. Um, and it was, I went my, like everything, every decision was made through the lens of is this going to get me closer to my dream? And my dream was a life of freedom financially, and then a life of family. And I didn't have business ideas. I figured at some point I'd be a CEO of something or do something like that. Um, but it was like, is this going to get me closer? So when I went to college, it was, I was looking at like the little 
books or whatever with all the different degrees. And I decided to do accounting because I figured, okay, I like numbers. I like math. I like things that equal each other. Cool. Um, and I also probably can do this from home. Right. And so went that direction, went into sales a little bit, but then ended up at a brokerage running the financial side of a real estate brokerage. And what I ended up doing, I was about to have my first daughter. I pitched myself to work from home 20 hours and work in the office 20 hours. What most high achieving people know, you're going to understand this if you're a high achiever, you get most people's 40 hours worth of work done in 20 hours a week. It's just how you do. And if you let people know you do that, they're going to give you more work to do. So what I ended up doing was I said, listen, I'm going to get everything done. You need me to get done. I'm going to do it in the office and then I'm going to go home and work another 20 hours and I'll be on call for you. And that's how I brought my first child into the world was working this part-time at home, part-time in the office. And I had the stability of the, the W2 while I was also starting to explore the online space. So then I started consulting, doing like virtual assisting operations systems type work. Then I um, created a website that actually might've been my first Kajabi site. I can't remember. No, I don't think it was. I created a website that uh, I had no, I thought it was the most brilliant idea ever. I won't even tell you what it was because shortly after I created it, launched the brand, started actually putting myself out on social media, I got a cease and desist letter. So that was fun. It was so good. Someone else had it too. Big think, but they beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny though. And so then it led me into the one K mom. That's where we started that brand. And I really started to get more into coaching. It was really, at first it was more personal brand. I was starting to notice this trend toward, towards personal branding. Um, I'm somebody who grew up with social media. I was around when Facebook was only allowed for college students. If you know, remember that, that was me. And I also had a MySpace and I was highly concerned whether or not I was in your top 10. So, <laughs> I mean, but Tom had to be there. So yes, yes. If my, if my boyfriend at the time, now husband moved me from one to two, oh, there was a fight. So that's, that's where I was, but you know, it's, I started to see how like, there was no separation between personal and business. And, and I was still seeing this in the business world where like my work friends wouldn't be friends with me on Facebook. I was like, this is weird. Why can't we be friends on Facebook? And then I was, and then I started to notice like, it's all connected. Right. And so then it just kind of turned into the coaching stuff happened. I still don't fully know how I landed there. I'll figure that out eventually, but it was just one of those God moments where all of a sudden you just kind of land there and you're like, I don't know how I got here, but this is the perfect combination of all of my skills packaged into one job description. And that is as a coach, I'm the teacher, I'm the confidant, I'm the, um, the encourager. I can use my vision and foresight and my like prophetic giftings into helping those people in front of me. It's, it's my numbers accounting, Katie, like all of the versions of me, my artists, like all of them come into the role that I play as a coach and a mentor with my clients. And so, um, that's how we landed there. That was 2016, if I remember correctly. And we've been doing that ever since. So I hope I answered your question with that one. Yeah, you did. That's amazing just to see that, you know, some things, sometimes things don't make sense, but eventually it all pans out and you're like, ah, okay. I see what you did there. So Sandy said, what are some of your life hacks for time management as a busy mom with a successful business? Yeah. So this is, I'm actually more of a fan of energy management than I am time management. So this is like hacking yourself, especially if you're a woman, we want to hack yourself to your 
cycle as a female, like men, y'all have different cycles than us. You guys go through 24 hour cycles, meaning you are the same today as you are tomorrow. We are not. I am very different today than I was 14 days ago. And that's actually the beauty. And so when we can stop fighting the differences in our energy levels and the, the things, we can actually start to roll with them and notice the different strengths in each of those seasons. So there's times of my month where I'm more outspoken, where my tongue just seems to work better and like I can actually speak better, right? And then there's times where I cannot get words out even if I tried. Um, there's times where I am like head down, I've got to go deep work, focus and get stuff done and tie up sense. Um, it's also a time where I'm like mad monster in my house. Laundry actually gets put away because <laughs> I'm like the person that boards the laundry until the moment I feel like, okay, it's time to do it. Oh yeah. No, I'm telling you laundry is my least favorite activity. Um, if like least favorite activity, like the putting away part just seems totally irrelevant. I'm going to wear it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. So it's that. And it's, there's sometimes in the month where it's like, you should be going out there and meeting people and networking and connecting with people and doing joint live streams and stuff like this. And that's beautiful. And then there's times of your month where you're like very visionary, where you get these like, like manna from heaven kind of thing, like just gold drops from God that you're like, ah, yes. And it gives you this new vision that you start to execute over the next 28 days. Like we are not the same. So I would look at your month of, of energy management and look at your to-dos more as like, can like obviously get the stuff you need to get done today. Like there's deadlines and I, no matter what my energy is, I'm doing client work and stuff like that and taking care of my children. But there's stuff that's like, you don't necessarily have to do today. If you have to write an email sequence to put on the back of one of your freebies, might want to wait until you've got like the ability to like really flow through that with effortless and grace. Like that is where I love to kind of utilize um, a running to-do list that I can then pick and choose where and when it goes based on where I'm at. The key though, is you want to make sure you're not sabotaging anything. And Sandy, I'm going to answer this because I'm seeing this is it doesn't matter you still, you still have those flows. You still have, you still are going through those same seasons. You may not just have, you may not be in the same cadence as you once were, but you're still having those same uh, hormonal cycles. So yes, you can definitely tap into that wisdom for sure. I love that. And I think that it's so important to realize is I think the whole theme of this conversation has actually been self-awareness and the most deep form it's awareness of how you create it's awareness of how you interpret, how you interpret your own life. It's awareness on being able to pull those out. It's awareness on how you spend your energy. It's awareness on how, where you want to go. And so I just think the, the total underlying theme of this entire call is the ability to be self-aware. So maybe if you you haven't, um, been very self-aware, that is a skill that will help you tremendously through every single aspect of building this, building this business, but also understanding who you are and creating a business that flows with your life. Because if you create something that you're like, this is it, I have found the thing. And then you realize it's totally in clash with your life. It's just not going to work. So, um, I love that. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And Hannity, actually, her daughter has a super successful YouTube channel. Um, super successful. So we'll get to Hannity next. But Brent said, um, what thought process or research do you recommend for the purpose of setting prices for your services? For example, do you do any market research to help set your prices? Okay. Can we know what he does? Like, Brent, what do you do? Who do you help? And what are you thinking for your price? All right. Let us know. 
I want to give you the most impactful answer. Yes. So while you answer Brent, Brent, we are going to answer Alex. And Alex said, I'm not a coach. I teach people about growing food. Would you still suggest installing the observer, connecting the intelligence and linking to products, even if it's not a coaching business? Great question. So good. Are you growing your own food? That would be my first question. Oh, are you a product of your product? I'm assuming you are. That's the thing is, is most of us have, whether you're a coach or not, we've all created with this knowledge economy that we're all participating in. We've created something out of our experiences. And so most likely you're not done with what it is you've done. Like you're still doing it. Um, You may have already created the initial product. Who knows? By your continuing to live and do and like grow your own food, there's always another level. It's then how do I store my overflow of my food? Beyond that, it's then how do I help feed other people around me? How can I build a community around this? There's always new levels to everything that we're doing. So like if you are your product, then yes, those three steps will 100% work. Awesome. And they said, yes, they do. So what great advice. Brent said courses and coaching, but just starting up, we'll consider a membership site. Target audience will be small business users of Microsoft projects. I can't see that question. Where It's below Hannity in the Q and a. Oh, Q and a look at that. There's a new place. Yes. (laughs) The two little text message bubbles. Okay. Coaching. Cool. Beautiful. Brent, if you had to describe your solution, the value that you provide, what is like, if somebody goes through your offer and they leave with the most epic transformation ever, what is it? We're going to draw this out a second. No, that's okay. Let us know, Brent, light it up. And while you do, Sandy said, love it. Energy management is key. Um, And Lizzie said, super life skills management where energy management is the best key. Yes. Do we need to go back to Hannity? Yeah, we can go to Hannity right now. Hannity said, love this and your energy. I can fully relate. My daughter and I started her channel about three years ago and have grown it to 186,000 subscribers. So we are creating a course geared towards helping 12 plus year old and their parents to start a channel and go from YouTuber to entrepreneur. Want it to be priced reasonably for them. We want to charge super cheap for the value we are providing. What do you think? Thank you, heart. I love it. So I love the idea of like charging super cheap for the value. I think it's more, I would want to switch your languaging around that. It's just more of like, you want the value to outweigh the investment. It's not that you want it to be cheap. Cause I, to be honest, at where I'm at and just the level of investing that I do in the things that matter to me, I don't invest in cheap because cheap is like, I believe in investing in really strong and valuable things. So consider that when you're thinking about your price tag. Um, Also look at what is the highest value results you can get for the highest value, the highest type of person who is ready, willing, and able to pay. Um, And so if that's the person like me, like I was describing, who's got a kid that's chomping at the bit, who's got an entrepreneurial drive that I don't want to squash. And I just, just frankly, don't have the time to sit here and and do all the technicalities of things. And you've got a solution for that. Like that's worth 
I would say at least three to five grand, to be honest with you, if you structure the offer in the right way. So consider that and play some thought experiments with like, okay, if we price this at 10K, how would we set it up? If we price it at 5K, how would we set it up? If we price it at 2K, how would we set it up? If we price it at 500, how would we set it up? And that'll just be some good thought experiments to kind of play with and see where you land. I know it worked out perfect. You are her ideal customer <laughs> right here it. in this room. What I mean, I don't think that could have worked out better. So just to refresh, I'm going to read all of Brent's questions and answers just so we can kind of reframe. Um, what thought process or research do you recommend for the purpose of setting prices for your services? For example, do you do any market research to help set the prices? Now, Brett does courses and coaching, but is just starting up. We'll consider a membership site. Their target audience will be small business users of Microsoft project. The end result, the value received would be learning which Microsoft software product would be best to serve their needs. Then the second value would be learning how to use the software chosen. In other words, giving them the inside story on how to select the correct software tools and use them. Okay. Okay. So Brent, th take this with a grain of salt, but I would get a little more specific on who them is, the type of business, the type of industry they're in, the type of work that they do. And what would it, and I would get specific on like, what is the number one software they need support in? And then what's the value of having a fully trained team who understands that software really well? Like maybe it, it's less time loss from their team. Maybe it's, they now can cut employee expenses by X percentage or something like that. Like, those are some things that you can think of. I think if, if you're going more of a membership, like you want to do more of like a YouTube channel with affiliate links and more bigger then then yeah, that broadness can work. But if you're wanting to do like a high ticket offer, which is really what I specialize in, we want to go more niche, more specific and figure out who exactly is buying this and how, how would they, you can do that same thought experiment. What would it look like to have a $10,000 offer? What would we put in that? Who would be buying that? What would be the result on the bottom line for these companies that are investing at that level? And even play it beyond that. You can even take it hundred X beyond that and say, what does it look like to have a hundred thousand dollar offer? That I love that. And just, if you need an example, people become Kajabi, uh, aficionados, and that's all they do. They don't work at Kajabi, but they just teach people how to use Kajabi and they're living the life. I mean, I talk to them all the time and they're on a beach in Bali and I'm like, okay, go team. Like, oh, you, this is awesome. So if just, if you need like an example, there are so many people within Kajabi, like who use Kajabi who do it. Um, and Valerie, I'm just going to go ahead and answer your question. Um, the best recommendation site for a membership is Kajabi. Um, I mean, I'm just going to leave that there. Normally I don't pimp out Kajabi in these things, but, um, that one I will. Okay. Um, so Katie, can you talk really quickly? How, do we not overcomplicate things in business? So we have all these things. We're talking prices. We're talking products. We're talking ideas. We're talking everything. How do we make sure that it doesn't get overcomplicated? Yeah. Yeah. So you really just need in the beginning, you just need one offer. You just need one offer for one person that solves one problem. And you just need one marketing platform to speak about it. And one way that you sell them. That's it. 
That's all you need. You need the offer. You need the exact person. You need the exact problem solution. You need one platform. So that could be Instagram. It could be LinkedIn. It could be Facebook really depends on you, your personality. And it really depends on your market as well. Like my market's not really on LinkedIn. It's not ever been a priority but they're on Instagram. So that's where we're at. Um, and then you need one method to sell them, whether that's going to be sales calls, whether that's going to be DMs, whether you're going to do it through webinars what, and events like that, you need one method and you just need to focus on those one things. Once you have those one things, you have to put on the blinders and stop consuming content. It's one of the biggest things that I see keep people stuck is the constantly consuming more information, more ideas, more ways, more strategies, more masterclasses. And it's all great, but it's not great if you're not taking action. The most learning, the most ideas are going to come not from the information in the webinars you consume, not from what I'm saying here today, but it's from you actually taking what I say, putting it into action and finding your own spin and your own intelligence that's in there and then using that to monetize it. And not only that, when you put it out there, you're going to get feedback from people. And that feedback is worth more than truly anything. I love that. Okay, one last question. If you guys have questions for Katie, go ahead and drop them in. She will answer them. Um, but I just want to talk about when it comes to, let's say they're like, okay, but I have an Instagram audience and it's really small, or I only have a couple hundred people on Facebook. Can you talk about looking at people coming into your audience as the one and not being focused on needing more, more, more just to remain satiated or satisfied with being able to share your offers. Yeah. The numbers are absolutely the biggest illusion in this industry. It doesn't matter. It's why, I mean, it's part of, we didn't go into the specifics around my Instagram account, but like I got rid of my 13 point something thousand, thousand people, Instagram account to create a whole new one. And my, in, my income didn't dip at all. My actually, my engagement rates and everything went up. My income went up. It wasn't like the numbers mattered at all. Even though my new account literally started at zero, grew to hundred within three weeks. And then now is at 600. Like it's been a slow growth based on what other people would say, but income, my business, none of it has shifted. None of it's changed. It is such the most biggest lie in this industry is that you need tons and tons of eyeballs. You don't. That's why I'm such a big proponent of high ticket coaching and high value offers. If you solve a high value problem and you can charge a high ticket solution, you don't, you need 10 clients a month. I mean, I'm doing weird math here. I don't think I'm doing the math correctly, but you don't need that many things to be able to have a six figure business. Um, when you sell high ticket and you have a small audience. So I would get very clear about what is the highest value solution you can provide to your audience and then speak relentlessly about that and get really interested in the one person that's in front of you, the person that's in your DMs, the person that wa is watching your stories. I want you to look at them like they are the one. You've got like this, like, ah, I'm so glad they're here. They're the one, they're the one versus the energy of, seriously, they're the only one. It's just them like th that, believe it or not, translates in the ethers here on Instagram or any social media platform. People can feel that. And so if you look at your audience, like, oh my gosh, they're the one I'm so excited to talk to them. I'm so excited to build this relationship with them. That is where things are really going to shift for you in terms of helping, just being genuinely interested in helping those people in your world get a transformation, whether it includes your pocketbook or not. Okay. I was never planning on asking you this question, but I want to now, because I think that this is a really good learning moment. 
as someone who's experienced like being in your DMs, never once did you ever try to sell me on anything until I was like, hey, what do you have available? And I think that that restraint, a lot of people don't have. So what is your approach going into DM conversations? Do you DM people? Do you let them DM you? Kind of what does that organically translate like? Because your DMs are a very safe place. And I think that it's, it translates so well to every part of your business. So if you can just talk on that quickly. Yeah. Um, so I don't do any outbound research or outbound DMS. I'm not against them. I think some businesses and some people's personalities would be well done with that kind of a thing. I think cold calling cold DMS, none of this is bad. I'm never going to say yes or no, like duality. Um, the, the binary type system is not the thing. It's more of a dial. So even if I did do cold outreach, it would be more of a relational outreach. Like a, Hey, how are you? I'm excited to connect with you. Your dog's cute in your pictures or your, I like how your coffee looks so beautifully frothed. If you're like Megan, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know? It's always on point. I'm just more concerned about building relationships with the humans because they're humans. Like we forget that sometimes, especially when we're refreshing our Kajabi dashboard to see things, we see numbers moving. Those are humans. Those are dollars that somebody entrusted you with, that somebody exchanged value with you with. And um, I think as long as we can keep that human connection and just be more concerned about the person at the other end. And I've always said that I'm more interested in helping you figure out your next next steps, period, whether it involves my pocketbook or not. So like, if I can sit here and help you uncover what it is you want to do, and we can just chat about your vision. And if I have a solution, I'm going to offer it, but it's not like I'm like strangling you to make sure you figure out how to get into my containers. That's never the vibe. And what it's created on the other end is really high client satisfaction rates, really, really low refund rates. I've only had to refund once. And that was because she accidentally clicked my one click upsell and didn't mean to. So it's like an immediately emailed. So it's like those things. Um, and, and, and just really fulfilling ride or die type client relationships, which is the way in which I prefer to operate anyway. So, um, so yeah, it just got to figure out how you want to show up and make sure that who you are, if you meet me at a coffee shop, I'm the exact same as I am in the DMS. And if you start to tell me about how that, how you don't have any sales, but you really want sales. And you're telling me about this in the Starbucks line, I'm going to tell you about everyday payday and my $35 resource. And I'm going to be like, you should go get it because there's no reason you shouldn't be taking a picture of your coffee right now and slapping a CTA on it. So, right. Okay. I have this question burning in my head again, wasn't planning on asking it, but it just came in and I want to make sure I ask this when you go ahead and you coach, you coach who you coach. If they are doing something that, you know, isn't right for them, or maybe it's not aligned with what the, what they are. And it's just aligned with money. How do you guide people to actually jumping into something that is right for them? Because what you do is so it's all of your art put together, you know what I mean? And it does so beautifully blend, but maybe someone just starting out, they aren't quite sure they're still a little stiff and they're just trying anything. What? What is your advice to someone who is stepping into this world online, but they don't really know if what they're doing is right? Yeah. So it's funny. I'm laughing because now I'm, I'm like literally seeing old, old Kajabi content. I don't even think you could find it. I don't want to tell you that you might go look for it. Um, old Kajabi content of me in what I would call my Shalene Johnson days, because I was totally 
like wearing Shaleen in my energy because she was one of my initial gateways into this online space. And so I don't ever, when I see clients that are wearing something, energetically wearing something that's not theirs, I don't try to fix it because I know that it's just a part of it. They're just trying on these different outfits to figure out what their style is, to figure out the piece of them that is them, to discover and uncover who they're meant to be. And I see it more of like this sculpture and like you were a big slab of rock at first. Now, every time we chip away and every time you go on stories and you, you put yourself out there and you do a live stream and maybe you host your first webinar, you're chipping away even more to find more of what your strategy is and more of the way you want to show up in this space. Um, so I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I think you can go back in some of my content and be like, oh, that's cute. That doesn't look like her anymore. That's got some other influencers on it, but at least the girl was showing up at least Katie Fleming, 2000 and whatever, 16 was showing up. And I'm proud of her for that. I agree. I look at stuff that I did years ago and I'm like, wow, yeah. but the sooner you start, the sooner you won't be bad. Like that's my thing. Like the, the more you talk, the gold is going to fall out. Eventually you just got to keep talking. <laughs> You got to put in the reps. And I think that's like the biggest thing is all of us here, we've experienced success in some area of our life, whether it's you've raised successful adult children, whether you have like successfully built a body you're proud of in the gym, whether you eat really well, whether you have done like really great in corporate America, like you've got some kind of win in your back pocket, but then you come into this space and you're now a newbie. And the biggest hurdle is we're now it's almost like we have to be okay with being seen in our newness and be okay being seen in our, like, just our, we're not that great yet. And you got to put in the reps. You got to put in the time. You got to not be afraid of being seen as a beginner and just do the dang thing. And that's when time really helps you compound that success. And before yes. you know it, you'll look back and you'll have 180 something podcast episodes and you'll cringe when you listen to episode one and we'll laugh and it'll be great. Your podcast has been going since 2017. I saw that this morning. What made you start a podcast so early on? I mean, the biggest thing is I knew that people needed to hear from me as an authority. And so I was building my authority in one place. So if that's YouTube for you, do that. If it's podcast, do that. But you need to have one consistent platform where you're able to share your genius as an authority and start to actually build that. That's where I got to test a lot of my frameworks, a lot of my ideas. Um, and I started out with interviews, which wasn't necessarily my expertise, but I did get to flex the interview muscle, which is a whole different game and really serves you as a coach. It is a whole different game. Hannity said, thank you so much, Katie. I truly appreciate you. And Sandy said, please share on how to implement the number one focus theme in refreshing um, should we hide everything other than the content that directly addresses the one focus? So how do you create a website that speaks to what you're pushing people towards for the offer? I'm thinking that's what that means. Yeah. Um, this is specific. Cause I'm not sure if you've already got the website built out. I wouldn't really spend time changing that right now. It might just be of more you creating a new offer. And like, that's the thing that goes on your Instagram bio link. That's the thing you talk about more primarily. That's the thing that gets talked about in your content. Like the website's important, but like at the end of the day, what actually generates my traffic for me specifically is more of what's out there on social media in the day to day. Yes. Perfect. So create an offer, send them directly to that offer. They won't even see your website. <laughs> it's true. I mean, a lot of my clients just use the offer pages in Kajabi. I mean that if you're looking for a way to get paid today, that's all you need to do is go create your offer, 
in Kajabi, put your email automation that says, yeah, you're in, here's the next steps. Click this link to schedule your first call, do this little assessment. And that is literally it. And then you just need to go out and sell. But we sit here and think, and we, we joke ourselves going, well, I need the website and I need to make sure I have this other thing. And I've got to figure out how to connect cloud, whatever, and connect the, the CNDC thing. And we just, no, it's delay. Just go create your off, go create the payment link, go out there and sell it, make conversations. That's it. I love that. And I want to end it on that note, because let me tell you, you can't get any better than that. Stop overcomplicating it. Stop overwhelming yourself. Just go ahead and do it. Have the conversations, create the link. And that's it. I loved this, Katie. I'm just going to say, if anyone has any more questions, go ahead and drop them in. Linda said, thank you. Um, Sandy said, thank you so much, Katie. Appreciate your don't overcomplicate message. Katie, you had some wonderful quotables in here. Like we need to like extract those things and you need to share them. Look, content creating itself because those were good. I mean, I wrote them all down. Slate it. Thanks well, thank them for me. That that's part of it too. It is. It is part of it. I mean, you said some things that I haven't heard before and I hear a lot of people talk. Um, Valerie said really good content. Thank you both. So I just want to say, drop it in the chat. Let us know what was your favorite part. Hannity said, yes, I loved this. Thank you, Katie and Megan. Yes, Hannity. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. Um, the recording will be available um, in about four hours. It will be emailed to you and you will be able to view it. Um, also I dropped Katie's, um, website in the chat box for you. It's katiefleming.co with one M and no a M and the end. I like to add two M's. You know, that's not it. Katie Fleming with one M.co. Um, she's also on Instagram. So check her out there. Um, Lizzie said, thanks a lot, Katie. I appreciate you both. Thank you, Katie, for being here today. Do you have anything else to say before we head out? I'm so grateful. I got to hang out with you guys. This is amazing. You're in an incredible position with just the, the, the online industry, the knowledge industry going where it's going. You are the exact right place at the right time. And I'm so excited to be connected with, connected with you. So send me a message on Instagram. Let me know that you listen to this. I, like Megan said, my DMS are a safe place and I love your face. So let's talk soon. Yes. All right, everyone have a wonderful day. Goodbye. It has been so incredible getting to chat with you today on the podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and drop us a review so that you are the first to know when I drop a new episode for you. Oh, and don't forget, screenshot your show and post on your Instagram stories and tag me at Katie Fleming. I love getting to hang out with you each week on the podcast and can't wait to catch up with you soon in the DMs on Instagram. Let's do this thing.